someone on the phone on Friday, there's a, a World Day of Prayer coming up in October, uh, so where, you know, potentially thousands of people from around the world will travel to Perth just to, to join together in prayer. Uh, there are just apostolic networks opening up, just opportunities for, for kingdom ministry breaking forth. Obviously, we're... Uh, you know, in obedience to God with what we're doing in kingdom life that, again, just preparing people for what God is doing. Um, but there is something uh, that's important for us to understand that we, we have a role in preparing the way for God to, to come into a place for God to move. Uh, so we read about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to uh, pronounce the names of the people that they're talking about. But uh, it says, In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate became governor of Judea and Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Draconitus. Any Greek scholars here today? Okay, good. I'll get away with it. Uh, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Anyway, that's just, I just feel like I should read it because it's in the scriptures, but it has nothing to do with what I'm saying. But it says, during that time, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So apart from Jesus in the Bible, John the Baptist or John the Baptist is probably one of the most theologically significant figures in the gospel. Um, in the same way that Jesus' birth was miraculously foretold, it was prophesied, so was John the Baptist. There was uh, angel, an angel of visitation. Uh, there was lots of supernatural stuff going on. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Uh, and again, there was a, a relationship even between uh, his parents and Jesus' parents. So he is clearly a pivotal figure in the salvation history of God. And his role was to, uh, to essentially pave the way for Jesus' coming. And actually his public ministry ended nearly 400 years of prophetic silence for, for the Jewish people. So from the, from the time of Malachi, where it prophesies the, the coming... Uh, to, to the time of John. That's 400 years without God speaking prophetically to his people. And then all of a sudden, here comes John and he's one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the coming Messiah. Now, obviously for us as Christians, our, our ultimate model or, and, and example that we are to follow is Jesus. He, we are to model our lives on him. But as I pondered John's life and that phrase, prepare the way of the Lord, I considered how in many ways we're to model our ministry on John's ministry. He came to prepare the way for Jesus and his kingdom to come into every sphere of society. He was preparing the way. And like John the baptizer, we have a role in preparing the way for God to move, preparing the way of 
the Lord. Because we know that everything that we do as followers of Jesus is not about us. It's all about Jesus, that's right. I know you all knew the answer. You just didn't want to call it out. <laughs> Otherwise, we've got some work to do. Uh, come to Kingdom Life. Discipleship stream, no. So it's not about us or what we do. It's about what Jesus does. But he chooses to act in us and he chooses to act through us. But as we prepare the way for him to move, then he can come in and move. You know, in worship, we prepare the way of the Lord that he might come and manifest himself in a room. I love hearing stories, even of people, and they, it's like they come into this place and they can feel the presence of God. But the reason why the manifest presence of God is here is because people have prepared the way for him to come here, for him to rest here, for the, for, for the freedom, for the, for the angelic to move here. A lot of prayer has happened in this space. A lot of worship has happened in this space. A lot of warfare has happened in this space. But we can do all of those things as much as we desire, but it's nothing unless God shows up. It's nothing if God doesn't show up. But as we prepare the way and we make room for Him, then He comes. In evangelism, we prepare the way of the Lord. To reveal himself to people. We can tell people about Jesus. We can do all of these things. But unless he comes in that moment, someone's not born again. The miracle doesn't happen. Salvation doesn't happen. I think maybe we've been taught a bit like, oh, you just got to get them to agree with some truths and that's, that's all that they need. No, every time somebody becomes a Christian, it is a supernatural miracle. Because the Bible outlines that the Holy Spirit comes and makes his home in them. They become a new creation. They become born again by the Holy Spirit. But we know we have a role in, in loving people, in serving people, in sharing the good news of God's coming kingdom. But unless he comes, there's nothing. But unless we go, he also doesn't come. When we pray for healing, we prepare the way for Jesus to perform a miracle in someone's life. So say, well, it's not really about me. I'm not healing someone per se. It's God who's doing the healing, but he calls us to go and pray and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons and do all of those things. So I have a responsibility to prepare the way for God to come into that scenario. It's the same when we cast out demons. We're preparing the way for the Holy Spirit to come and make his home in someone, not to be marred and disrupted by other demonic things. The story in prayer ministry, we prepare the way for the Holy Spirit to bring freedom, revelation and breakthrough. Again, prayer ministry isn't about how great the prayer minister is. I mean, good prayer ministers know how to follow the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. As I said, prayer ministry isn't so much about all of the training and the teaching. That's just really to prepare the leader to prepare the way for the Holy Spirit to move. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't move, then nothing happens. If Jesus doesn't show up, then really nothing of significant happens. But as we prepare the way, God comes. As we help people to prepare their hearts, God comes. Amen?
So everywhere that we go, we have an opportunity to prepare the way for God to come into a place and impact people. And preparing the way for Jesus isn't about getting out of the way. Sometimes we can get in the way. But it's not just like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stay out of it and let Jesus do it. It's, no, no, to prepare the way means making the pathway straight. It means clearing out the obstacles. It's an active participation going before him in order to prepare the soil to receive, in order to prepare the atmosphere to be clear and clean. So it's a participation, not a, not a like, oh, okay, I'll just move out the way and let him do it. It's removing the obstacles that would prevent the outpouring of God. So how did John the Baptist prepare the way for the coming of Jesus? Well, the first thing he did is he laid down his life for what God called him to do. And he knew from a very young age, this is the calling of God upon my life. But there was a moment and a time where God says, all right, now's the moment. Now's the time to start declaring the message that I have for you. The other thing he did is he called people to repentance. Repentance is an invitation to revelation. The word to repent is the Greek word metanoia and it means a changing of the mind. We often, we often attach it to forgiveness of sins. But repentance is part of that, but it's, it's so much bigger. We need to be in a constant state of repentance a constant state of having our minds renewed, our minds changed, our minds transformed in order that we might see the fullness of God, the fullness of his kingdom. So the Bible says, if you don't repent, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So that is an invitation to revelation. So, but if we, or sometimes, you know, you can get in that place, you only hear repentance, I'm bad, so I need to repent. Now you can be good and Repent. You know, it doesn't have to mean you're stuck in the worst sin that could possibly happen. I've got to repent to get back into right relationship with God. That's a good time to repent. I'm not saying no. But it's every day. I want to be in constant repentance because I want to be in constant revelation. Because I don't know everything about God. I've been a Christian for a while now. I've been a pastor for 20 years, almost 20 years. I'm 40 don't. Don't know which one's more shocking. But for a long time, but I still feel like I, I know very little about the fullness of who he is and his kingdom and his ways and his plans and his purposes. I know enough to follow him. But so John was one who called people, he invited people into this revelation. So that's what we can do. We can invite people into seeing God creating opportunities for that. He led them into cleansing and immersion. So the waters of baptism were for repentance, but it was, it was about immersing someone in this concept of, of repentance, immersing them in this place, saying, hey, this is not just about agreeing with something, but when you agree, then you have a process of, uh, of fully engaging with that revelation. So when people would, he would, speak and then people would be convicted and he'd say come and be baptized and they would be immersed in that reality and another amazing thing about John is that he he began something that he didn't see the end of he was actually murdered before he saw Christ 
crucified and resurrected. But he still fulfilled his calling. He did what he was called to do. And the, and the reality is he chose death over compromise. He could have compromised his character, but he, he was willing to go and, and be killed because of the calling of God on his life. But he was positioned to have a generational impact. I loved even just hearing, you know, kind of big share about her, her, her family. And there's, there's generations that will be impacted through one life. And you cannot quantify the impact of one life being transformed by Jesus. It, it's, it, you, you create a multiplication reality there. And it's what's called exponential. It, it just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. So we don't actually know the impact. John didn't know the impact of what he was doing, but he was obedient. I mean, I'm sure he had a conviction about it, but he didn't actually see the outcome. And we need to be positioned to say, is my life going to have a generational impact? Are the things that I do today in my time going to actually have a far greater impact? And if you are obedient to Jesus, they absolutely will. So it's not just that John prepared the way and then we see with Jesus' disciples a similar kind of pattern that happened in Luke 10. And it says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place. So we've heard this in Luke 10. This is the first time where the disciples are now, kind of the tables are turned. They've been watching Jesus do all these amazing miracles. And now he's like, cool, your turn. Uh, and he sends them out to do similar things that he was doing. But again, sometimes there's in a scripture, and you read that scripture over and over again, and you don't think of this part. But it was, he sent them out two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So he sent them out to prepare the way for where he was about to go. So what did they do? Well, they entered into a place. They were called to go enter into a place, go enter into a town, find a person of peace, go into their home, eat what is put before you, engage with the community that I've sent you to. So we need to be prepared to enter into people's lives and spend time with them. We've got to be prepared to do that. For people who don't know Jesus, we've got to have the time and the energy to actually go, I'm going to invest my time into this place. I'm going to spend my time with these people. And when they entered in, then they released the blessing and the shalom of God. So we need to find creative ways to bless those that we live amongst. I love, again, I've mentioned at Kingdom Life, we've got this thing called Beats. You can, uh, there's cards up there and it's, it's just a, a missional living framework. But it is bless, eat, abide, train, send. And it's about finding people that you can bless in your week, finding people you can eat with, finding time to abide with Holy Spirit, finding time to be trained in the ways of Jesus and then living as a sent one, as a missionary for God, which we are all called to do scripturally. But this thing, blessing, opens the door of people's hearts. When you do something for someone without any expectation of return, it means something to people. Again, Beck, thanks just for laying a great foundation for my sermon today. <laughs> but we talk about, you know, love and, and, or, or trust. And you think, oh, cool, at some point, yeah, it's, gonna, it's good for now, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be taken away. Or what's, what's the ulterior motive here, really, for people? Like, what's the, what's the ulterior motive here for, for Lilia Haven, you know? What's it actually about? 
was actually just about loving people and having them meet Jesus. But not, not, oh, get them to church so we have more people on a Sunday. Not at all. We actually intentionally don't make this Sunday gathering part of, of the program because we want people to choose Jesus. We don't want people to be forced into relationship or into Christian kind of activity and they're choosing Jesus because they're meeting him. And again, I love what you shared. It's not like, oh, well, the Bible, oh, but Jesus, yeah. And now the Bible's like, oh, I want to read about him because I've met him. That's what we need. We need people to meet Jesus. Amen? When you meet Jesus, all other arguments go out the window. So they released the blessing and shalom of God and they performed miracles. Miracles awaken people to the supernatural reality of God. I love that there's been many times where I've uh, had an opportunity to pray for someone, God has performed a miracle, and then after that, you get an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Because I found people are really receptive when they see a miracle happen right before their eyes in their own body, they ask questions. Okay, what happened there? <laughs> Who was that? What happened? You know, and you obviously you're praying in Jesus' name, and then they, that's, that opens up the door. I think sometimes we go, oh, well, just believe in Jesus, and then he'll do a miracle. Jesus did a multitude of miracles to people who knew nothing of who he was. They didn't know him as the Messiah. They just knew this guy can help me in my situation. And it continues on the same today. So miracles awaken people to the supernatural reality of God. So how can we prepare the way for Jesus? There's four things that I thought of. But we prepare the way by prayer. We prepare the way by releasing blessing in prayer. Releasing the blessing of God. I love to bless people. And sometimes it kind of feels maybe like an old, when someone sneezes, oh, bless you. Uh, and it kind of becomes like a catchphrase, but the blessing of God is significant. I mean, when you trace, particularly in the Old Testament, when someone received a blessing, there is supernatural power in blessing. And so I love blessing. I bless my kids every night when we go to bed, but that's always just, I can't escape that language of just speaking blessing over people. So we prepare the way in prayer by releasing blessing, by praying for people, praying for people's hearts, praying for opportunities, praying for openness to hear and to receive what God is is wanting to do and wanting to say in someone's life. We prepare the way in prayer by interceding for regions and nations. So interceding is standing in the gap. But when we pray and maybe God leads you to pray into something specific or, or over a particular people group and it starts to open up the atmosphere, the spiritual, just clearing stuff out. Oftentimes that can happen in prayer. And God calls you to to pray and things get shifted spiritually over a people group, over a region, maybe over a family, over a neighbourhood, and all of a sudden there's freedom for God to move. Now, God can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. Amen? God's power is not limited by our participation. But God chooses to restrain himself in order that we might participate with him. He wants your participation. He doesn't need it. He desires it. So we prepare the way by prayer. We prepare the way by serving God and others. 
as we love, as we serve, as we lay down our lives in humility, we prepare the way for God to move. We help to open the door to people's hearts. And you might serve for years. Again, not, not to get an outcome. This is the thing, if, if my action determines the, the, like it'll definitely happen, then the weight is all on me. I'm in the power position. But God says, just serve and just love. So I go and do that and I open the way for Jesus to come in. And he might come in in a really different way than what I'm expecting. But my job is to prepare the way of the Lord. But if I'm not spending time with people who don't know him, then I'm not preparing the way in their lives. We prepare the way by cleansing. So as people went through those waters of baptism, that washing, that cleansing action, we too get to do the same thing by cleansing the atmosphere. By, again, you could do it by walking into a shop and just praying, I just pray your blessing over this shop, Lord. I pray that your shalom peace would come and fill this place. I've heard stories, I think it was from Bill Johnson, where he would always go into this one particular shop and pray a blessing. And the attendant, the person, or it could have been the owner of the store, started to recognize that when he would come in, that the room, the atmosphere in the room would change. You, you carry that because you carry the presence of God everywhere that you go. But often we're just not activated. We're not thinking about that. We're thinking about, well, I need milk and bread and some butter. Like That's what we're thinking. We're not thinking everywhere that I go, I carry the reality of God by the Holy Spirit into every place that I go. So everywhere that I go, I have the opportunity to release the reality of God into this place. And it might not end up in a conversation on that day. It could take six months, but then people will start to notice. Or maybe it's somebody else. You just prepare the way and then somebody else comes in and has the conversation. Who knows? We prepare the way by cleansing people sometimes in prayer. And when we get opportunities to pray over people, to cast out demons, to pray, it could be in a prayer ministry context, wherever it is. But again, even in that, we're preparing the way for the Lord to come in. The Apostle Paul speaks of uh, having divine power to tear down strongholds. So strongholds are ungodly patterns of thinking that people can get stuck in. It can be a generational thing. It could be just from their parents, what, what has been spoken over them, what they've been told about. Okay, And people get locked into a, into a way of thinking. But the Apostle Paul says we have a divine power to tear down those strongholds. Any thought that would oppose the knowledge of Christ. But do we do that when we walk through the shopping centre? Do we do that as we're taking the dog for a walk around the neighbourhood? Father, I just pray that you would tear down every stronghold that would oppose the knowledge of Jesus in, this, in my neighbourhood. Father, I pray a blessing over that house and I pray a blessing over that house and that family. Lord, that there would be an open atmosphere to receive and have dreams about you, Jesus. Or maybe they'll flick their TV channel over and it'll come to some preacher on the TV or something, who knows what the way is. We don't need to know what God's strategy is. Our responsibility is to just prepare the way for the Lord. Amen? And we prepare the way by immersion, immersing ourselves in the things of God, not getting so caught up in the cares of the world, but in the concerns of God. We need to immerse ourselves in this reality. If you wake up tomorrow morning and you're just immersed in work or you're just immersed in family, you're just immersed in every other thing apart from what God would have for you, then we're not going to be preparing the way for the Lord in every context that we're in. 
Now, I'm not saying you should quit your job. I'm just going to sit at home all day and pray. If God tells you to do that, awesome, bless you. But all I'm saying is when you wake up and you consider your work, pray into that space. Understand when I go to work, I'm a carrier of the kingdom of God. I'm preparing the way for the Lord to come and move in this place. And He might change someone's heart. He might change their mind. There might be an opportunity for me to pray for someone. But I'm, I'm prepared for God to move in me. And I'm preparing the way for God to move in this place. Amen? Are we okay? Oh, is this okay? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to pray. So you, I would love it if you are able to stand with me or just position yourself in a place to receive. Thank you, Lord. Spirit, I just invite you now to come and even just to prepare the way in our hearts, Lord. Would you prepare the way in our hearts to receive what you have to say? Maybe it's a challenge, Lord, that we need to hear. Maybe where our perspective has been consumed by concerns that don't concern you. They're not your concerns, Lord. And, and Father, you care for, for our needs, but Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness and everything that you need will be provided for. But Father, would you lead us to repentance for in any way we have sought first our own provision and our own needs and our own desires, Lord, and we've forsaken the seeking of your kingdom and your righteousness. Would you just draw back our focus, Lord? Just draw back our attention. We've been saved by you, not that one day we'll go to heaven, but that today we will bring heaven to earth. Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, as you reside in us, that we are your temple and everywhere that we go, we take your presence. Lord. Every home that we enter, we bring the presence of God. Every sh shopping centre we enter, every workplace we enter, Every time we, we drive in the car, every time we fill up with petrol, every time we, we, we go for a walk around the neighbourhood, we're carrying Your presence, Lord. But You don't want us just to be carriers of Your presence. You want us to be conduits of Your presence, Lord. We can rejoice all day about how good it is to know You, but You weep every day for all those who today do not know You, Lord. It is Your desire that the nations would be restored into right relationship with You, God. The majority of this nation doesn't know You, Jesus. 
or maybe the version of you that they've been taught they've rejected, Lord, because they don't know the true you. Because if they did, they would never reject you, Lord. But Lord, let us not go about our days just selfishly enjoying our salvation and neglecting those who today do not know you and may one day go to an eternity without you. But we thank You, Lord, that You are here. You haven't left us alone. Your promise is that You will be with us always, even to the end of the age. So we know You are here, You are with us. And our job is to prepare the way for You to move. Prepare the way of the Lord. So we just, I just ask You, Holy Spirit, would You download wisdom? Would You download courage, Lord? Would You just pour out revelation, Father, for just the ways that we can prepare the way? In our relationships, Lord, would You show us how we can prepare the way for You to move? Would You give us wisdom? Would You give us strategies, Lord? Would you give us words to speak that might just open up an opportunity, God, for you to come? Would you give us the courage to pray when we need to pray? Would you give us the courage to speak when we need to speak? Would you give us just that focused attention, Lord? That everything that we do is about you, Lord. Every opportunity, there's an opportunity for you to move, Jesus. But I wonder this morning whether whether there needs to be just a renewal of choosing that calling of preparing the way for the Lord. John the Baptist said yes to you? It meant him living in wilderness. It meant him living a a different life to others, Lord. It meant him carrying the cost of what it was to follow the calling of God on his life. But he said yes. And He prepared the way for you to come, Jesus. We just invite your Holy Spirit, would you just convict our hearts in any way that we need it, Lord, as you invite us to say yes to being way makers for you. say yes to you Jesus we say yes to the calling on our lives Lord we're here for you Lord you've left us behind for a reason Jesus and we want to make the most of our time here preparing the way for you to move preparing the way for you to come bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring breakthrough and freedom to others, Lord, and to bring the culture of heaven 
into every sphere of society, Lord. We give you our yes, Jesus. So we are going to just make some space for you at the front here. If you want to come forward as just a prayer, even just to keep praying through or just have someone bless you in prayer, we'd love to do that. If you have any other needs, we'd love to pray for you, needs of, of healing. If you feel like you just need freedom, you may be stuck uh, in a particular area in your life, uh, we would love for you to come forward and just, uh, and just to be blessed in prayer. Um, if not, you're welcome to hang around here head out to the foyer make sure you connect with someone new uh, don't forget hand in your serving cards sign up for camp all of that sort of stuff um, we bless you today and we uh, look forward to seeing you soon awesome